You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. Okay, having mentioned these two events, let's now analyze the results and the outcomes of the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. Because Allah calls this a huge fatah, a huge victory. So how was this treaty a victory? Some Muslims had difficulty accepting that this was a victory. To the point where one of the companions said, ma hada bi Look at their etiquette with the Prophet, you know. <laughs> They're disrespecting Allah and the Quran. Allah says, this is a great fatah in the Quran. Inna fatahna laka fatahan mubina. This companion says, Mahada bifatah. This is not a conquest. Now he gives his reasoning, that companion. Laqad sudidna anil bayt. First of all, we've been barred from entering Mecca and finishing our pilgrimage. Wasudda hadyuna. They did not even let our sacrificial animals reach, you know, Mecca so we can sacrifice them there. Remember some Muslims from Mecca tried to flee and they wanted to join the Prophet. The Prophet had to send them back because that was part of the terms of the treaty that if any Muslim in Mecca flees and tries to join the Prophet, the Prophet has to send them back. So this companion is saying, come on, how is this a victory? This is a loss for us. We came, we came here. They didn't let us do our hajj, and they don't even let the Muslims join us. What kind of a victory is that? The Prophet becomes aware of what this companion says. So the Prophet responds to his argument. The Prophet refutes his argument. What does the Prophet state? The Prophet says, How terrible is this reasoning or is this statement? Indeed, this is the greatest of victories. Now the Prophet gives his reasoning. See, a beautiful lesson we learn from the Prophet here. If there is someone in the community who's spreading shubhas and doubts, you have to respond to them. Some people say, no, no need to respond. There are gullible people, naive people, simple-minded people who will believe in the fallacy or in the misconception. So whenever you hear a misconception and you hear people repeating them, give an appropriate response. Say, no, this has an answer and this is the answer. But you have to give a good answer, of course. You have to be qualified and educated. So the Prophet gives his evidence. Number one, The Prophet told him, look, the mushrikeen accepted that you, without a fight, leave Mecca. When has, has, when has this happened before? The mushrikeen would pursue you to Uhud and to Medina to try to kill you. This time they left, they left you alone without a fight. That's a victory. Number two, They asked you for a treaty. Since when did the pagans of Mecca consider you even human beings to do a treaty with you? They're so arrogant, the aristocrats of Mecca, they never make a treaty with any Muslim. But this time they did. Number three, they are, they are actually interested in making peace with you. 
Since when did the Meccans do that? وَأَظْفَرَكُمُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَلَيْهِمْ وَرَدَّكُمْ سَالِمِينَ مَأْجُورِينَ Allah gave you victory. All of you came back, you know, safely. None of you were hurt or killed. Then the Prophet reminds them of the past. The Prophet says, you don't think this is a victory? Let me remind you of the not distant past, the very recent past. Anasitum yawma Uhud. Did you guys forget what happened at Uhud? If tusaduna wa la taluna ala ahadin wa ana ad'ukum fi ukhrakum. When some of you turned your backs and you started fleeing and I'm calling on you. Remember that humiliation and that misery? Anasitum yawma al ahzab. Did you forget the day of Khandaq? إِذْ جَاءُوكُمْ مِنْ فَوْقِكُمْ وَمِنْ أَسْفَلَ مِنْكُمْ وَإِذْ زَاغَتِ الْأَبْصَارُ وَبَلَغَتِ الْقُلُوبُ الْحَنَاجِرُ وَتَظُنُّونَ بِاللَّهِ الظُّنُونَ When you got so scared, some of you, your hearts leapt into your throats and your eyes couldn't see anymore and you doubted Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remember those two days? Today is a much better day. The mushrikeen pursued you all the way to your lands. They almost killed you. They almost eliminated you. Now we came strong, we made a pact with them, we forced them to make the treaty and we came back with honor. So the Prophet gave this reasoning. When the Muslims heard this, they said, Sadaqallahu wa rasooluh. Indeed Allah is truthful and His Messenger is truthful. This is the greatest victory. Then they said, Wallahi ya Nabi Allah, ma fakkarna fi ma fakkarta fi. We swear by Allah, this never crossed our minds. None of us think like you think. You make perfect sense. Indeed, you know more about Allah and about our affairs and matters than us. So the Prophet gave them the reasoning in simple lines and he made them accept and see why this was a victory. So now let's examine why this was indeed a victory. Number one, we find when analyzing historical details, we find that the event of Hudaybiyah paved the way for the conquest of Mecca and the rapid spread of Islam in Arabia. This same guy, Suhail ibn Amr, who did the treaty with the Prophet on behalf of the pagans. Suhail, he's the one who wrote the treaty with the Prophet. He was representing Quraysh. Suhail refused to write Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim if you remember. He refused to write this. Later, after the conquest of Mecca, he becomes a Muslim. He stands with the Prophet in Hajjat al-Wuda'. And when the Prophet had his head shaved at that final farewell pilgrimage, he took the hair of Rasulullah and he put it on his eyes for barakah. One day, he refuses to say Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, the other day he's doing that. Isn't this the greatest of all victories? See how things changed within a couple of years, two, three years. So this is, this really shows you how this was a Fath Mubin, a huge victory. That's number one. Number two, before Hudaybiyah, Quraysh was constantly threatening Muslims and mobilizing fighters to fight them. And they were really consuming the time and the resources of Muslims. Muslims did not really have much flexibility to spread Islam in the Arabian Peninsula because of this situation. Their biggest concern was Quraysh. What are they going to do next? How are they going to fight us? After Hudaybiyah, everything changed. There was a relative truce. And this allowed Muslims to have greater freedom 
in spreading the religion of Islam. There was no longer the daily threat of Quraysh just suddenly showing up around Medina and waging war. That basically ended because of the treaty. This is a huge victory. And that's why after Hudaybiyah, the Prophet became very active with da'wah. The Prophet started to send expeditions and letters to neighboring tribes, to Yemen, to Bahrain, to Yamama, to kings, uh, you know, to Kesra, to the Roman Emperor in Eastern Rome. The Prophet became super active with da'wah after Hudaybiyah. Before Hudaybiyah, he couldn't. Muslims were consumed with all these battles with Quraysh. Bad, and then Uhud, and then, you know, you had uh, Ahzab and all these fitnas in between. So this was a big relief for Muslims. Finally, we can breathe. We can do our da'wah. That's the second reason why this was a huge victory. The third reason, Quraysh had never accepted the existence of Muslims. The treaty forced them to at least admit the presence and the existence of Muslims. This gave Muslims so much strength in the eyes of the Arabian tribes. This was truly an unprecedented victory for them. It forced the enemy to admit that we exist and you'll negotiate with us. Number four, the treaty allowed many people to visit Medina. Before the treaty, there was a blockade on Medina. After the treaty of Hudaybiyah, the agreement was, if anyone wants to visit Medina, they can. People started visiting Medina. They witnessed the beautiful teachings of Islam, how the Prophet set up a community. They heard the sermons of Rasulullah And on the other hand, you had Muslims who were now allowed to visit Mecca. They visited their relatives, their family. They supported them. This was a great victory for Muslims. Number five. The leaders of Quraysh, such as Sahl ibn Amr, they became much more favorable towards the Prophet When they witnessed his impeccable character, his akhlaq, many misconceptions in their minds were removed. They truly realized that he wanted peace for the sake of everyone. And he respected the sanctity of Mecca. And he tried to avoid war despite the immense pressure from his companions to fight. Seth saw that with his own eyes. All of the companions are telling him, fight, fight, we're not leaving our ihram. He said, no, let's make peace. This shook people like Suhail. And some of the elders of Mecca, they were moved by how the Prophet handled all of this. This eventually allowed them to embrace Islam whether really genuinely or even out of hypocrisy, but it allowed them to embrace Islam. Number six, remember one of the terms of the, uh, one of the clauses in the treaty was that the one who wants to enter, the Prophet made this clause, that whoever wants to enter in alliance with Muhammad he was free to do so. And whoever wants to enter an alliance with Quraysh, he's free to do so. The treaty allowed some tribes to enter an alliance with the Prophet. Well, what happened? No one around Medina, close to Muslims, was interested in forming an alliance with Quraysh. But there were tribes around Mecca interested in making an alliance with the Prophet. Such as who? such as Khuza'a. The tribe of Khuza'a, they were by Quraysh and in and around Mecca. 
After the treaty, they said, we enter this alliance with the Prophet Now the Meccans had someone in their neighborhood allying themselves with the Prophet. This was a huge victory. But no one around Medina did an alliance with the Quraysh. So it was a win-win for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam.